Hello, good morning. This is the conversation on New Cruise 92.7 FM. My name is Samuel Olugbemini. A Nigerian writes, his name is Fortune Main. He says, if Nigeria was a book, it would be as big as an Oxford English dictionary. Because our problems alone will be too many to write down. He says, there won't be any table of contents. Well, I get to skip all the other verses. So the last one that says, if Nigeria was a book, you wouldn't want to read it. You would most likely say nothing come out. But yet, the book defines us. It is our home. It is our pride. It is our remedy. Yes, our remedy is still in the book. This morning, I am joined by our regular analyst, Barrister Oluwayo Good morning, sir. Good morning, and thank you for inviting me. And I also have uh, a debutant on the show this morning. You've heard him about uh, twice this week. He is a public commentator and sub-dean of the Faculty of Social and Management Sciences, Bamidili Olumilua University of Education, Science and Technology, Ikere, Yaitia Iniquity State. Mr. Akim Bilo, it's good to have you on the conversation this morning. Thank you very much. All right, gentlemen, you heard the poem that I read out much earlier. It says, yes... If Nigeria was a book, it would be as big as the Oxford English Dictionary. But also, our remedy lies in the book. I don't know what book would he be referring to. The Bible, the Quran, the Constitution, or maybe a book of um, if uh, poems and uh, or traditional divinations. I do not know, Barrister Do you want to give me any help? Well, I, I can only guess that uh, maybe it's a history book. History book. Yes. So that we have not learned from what uh, the, mm. the, the, the past. Mm. Mm. How about you, Mr. Kim Bedo? Um <laughs> Anyway, I, I think uh, what that statement is trying to make reference to is uh, about uh, the, the accumulation of issues, you know, surrounding uh, the country, uh, which also tallies with what my colleague says the past the present and probably um the future the past the present and probably the future but let's get to business this morning president muhammad Bari has told savage states that they only have few weeks to prove themselves the president mandated them to secure the country before the rainy season to the level that farmers who had fled their farms in different parts of nigeria would have developed enough confidence to return to their farms while the president was giving that directive the secretary to the niger state government ahmed metane said the government is ready to negotiate with repentant bandits as well as provide them with a means of livelihood so that they can live a normal life cross purposes yeah between the state government and the federal government how do we reconcile all of this let me start off with you by the 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 other is a tall one i say a tall one because uh, <clears throat> i don't know how they are going to do that within weeks what some people have been doing for years now and somebody predicted that it will last uh, another 20 years somebody was at the theater of war who saw everything but uh if they if they must spend few weeks to do it, then it, I don't think it can be Nigeria army because I believe there are saboteurs within the army, mm. sabotaging, giving information to the bandits and the 
insurgents. And this, to, just to add to what you have just said, the Zamfara state government confirmed yesterday that a soldier was arrested who has been giving out uniforms and also arms to some bandits yes. in the state. You see, then he, 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 I, I, I agree with uh, the governor of Bono State when he suggested uh, the use of uh, uh, mercenaries to carry out the operation because when they come, you give them a target, the time, everything, they don't disclose their information to you. So the, Niger- the, Niger- the Nigerians are not likely going to have the information ahead that can, they can relate to the insurgents and the bandits. So they will be able to carry out, they will be able to do their operation successfully. But I think the major problem is intelligence. By the time you want to do anything, before you carry it out, the other side, they already known. And they already, they, they, you have been ambushed before you, you see anything. So if they use uh, mercenaries, to clear the way and then the Nigeria uh, army can then take over from there. Okay, Mr. Kimbe, let me come to you. Before I ask you, because I know that you're a security scholar, so before I ask you how we should fight the enemy within, let me ask you this. A lot of Nigerians have complained about the president's body language. Now, it looks like the president is giving Nigerians the body language that they've asked for for so long. and has asked security chiefs to resolve uh, the security situation within weeks. He also said, shoot anybody you see with AK-47 rifle. Is this just pure PR, the president playing to the gallery, or there is something more? The president really is taking a stance now, once and for all. Um, uh, your question is very interesting. You know, um, like I used to say uh, in some of the places I have the opportunity to express my opinion, um, I, I don't really belong to this school of thought that talk about uh, someone must talk openly, someone must address the country before things are done. I, I said it yesterday here that whatever order Mr. President will give now, he has given in secret. So if you hear Mr. President saying, giving some orders now, probably you are just taking him out of his styles because he's such a quiet person you know he he doesn't really uh, his own style he doesn't really talk if you look at his history no should uh, even when even when he was military head of does, state does nigeria need a president that is quiet at times you know when you are quiet uh, I'm, I'm not speaking for mr president i'm trying to describe and answer your question yeah when you are quiet does not mean you are not really working even in yoruba adage they said a loud bone you know barrel is relatively very empty at times you could be very quiet and actions are going on but the issue here is that either he's he he has been quiet or he's talking now nigerians are tired of uh the situation you know the the the, the security issue is becoming pandemic even more than uh, uh, the COVID-19. So probably what the security uh, institutions understand is loud speaking, you know, and and exactly that's probably what Mr. President is doing. And secondly, going back to the issue, you know, which my uh, brother talked about some few minutes ago, there are a lot of factors connected to all these security issues that makes it very difficult to achieve 
whatever we want to achieve within this short time. For example, the human factor which you refer to in terms of sabotage, there are a lot of institutional problems, you know, uh, that we also have logistic problems, we also have the intelligence he talked about. You see, right from start, there is intelligence. The, 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 the intelligence, they, they, they have information about uh, these terrorists. But the, it is the human problem that is crossing the line. You know, that is crossing the intelligence. When the information is released, definitely, uh, you know, there are some people within the system that sabotage. We have cases whereby military men, you know, killing other military men. You know, we have cases of ambush and all that. So all these issues are there. Even if, even if we have machinery, except that machinery operate independently and it's very difficult with, for them to operate independently because they will all, always have uh, need what to call cultural intelligence that is they will work with the community they will also work with the military in nigeria and also work with intelligence uh, you know uh, uh, institutions in nigeria as well so but just like he said that is still very very better and likely to you know have more uh, you know better result than uh, relying solely on the Nigerian military. Oh, the Nigerian military. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, like I told you yesterday, that's not new because in U.S., 60% of the security operations in U.S. are carried out by private companies, hmm. not the real Marines, you know. Yeah, but but let's, let's, come, let's come back to the state government, the Niger state government, saying that they are ready to negotiate with bandits. Let me give a brief of what the SSG said. He said, Government at the state level, that's the Niger state government, discovered that bandits had moved from Zamfara, where they had a deal and felt, oh, because we have a deal in Zamfara, so, some of those repentant bandits feel, since we have a deal in Zamfara and we cannot continue to operate here because we have a commitment to them, and some of our um, former colleagues who are now repentant can give us out, let us move to Niger State, and that is why you have all these uh, attacks in, in Niger State. And you say we are ready to negotiate. How do you put that, all of that into perspective? You're saying the president is saying don't negotiate. The president is saying army chiefs, do your job. And the uh, Niger State government is saying, well, we cannot seem to wait. We would go ahead and negotiate. How do we put all of this together? How do we make sense of all of this? Why must we have government who are along that same line working at cross purposes? I think the Niger State government may be making this same because of the last experience. You know, they cried that the federal government left them. I mean, they, they left them to the to, to face the problem alone. That the federal government did not contribute. Maybe that is the reason why the Niger is okay. If we say we want to fight now, it's going to be a problem and. By, the time, by that time, we will not see anybody. So, and federal government saying they are not negotiating is the best answer to this problem. Because now, if, so, like, uh, I think it was Sulum that said it, that some of those people that are called the repentant Boko Haram members, now, they now give information. They are, still have, they are still maintaining link with the Boko Haram, the active radicalized members. So the, the one you said they have been de-radicalized and see maintaining they are giving them information. To the extent that they said that some of them even went as, as far as killing people. This, the people you say you have uh, de-radicalized. So I, I, I doubt it. If the issue of negotiation will work. 
Now they say they are moving from San Francisco. So it means it means that if Niger say now negotiate, then they will move to another state. Is that how we are going to solve the problem? No. The best thing is to face the problem headlong and confront them. Why why do we have the military, the the security uh, agencies and agents now? If the if if uh, if you negotiate, then another set of people will gang up. They will start their own. That is very sure because they have seen it as easy way of making money. Now, I think the best thing to do, the, even these governors that are that are making noise, they say they are not in control of uh, police, they are not in control of this, they are not in control of that. It is not totally true. Because during elections, they know how they control these security agencies to work for them. You have seen that in many states where you have opposition governors, they still win elections. If, look, look at River State the other time where the federal government was even bent on removing, uh, on getting a uh, wiki out. He stood his ground and confronted them and he made use of these security agents. So these governors know how to do that. It is just that they don't care about the welfare of the citizens. That is the truth. Because the minimum thing for, for, for citizens is security and welfare. That is why the government is in place. So if you cannot secure the security or because the issue of welfare is gone they don't care about our welfare now you cannot now provide security for them then the government is failed so it is not totally correct and now they are taking huge security votes uh, uh, every month they will they, they will not disclose to you all we had are some state governors even take as much as one billion naira in a month 500 million naira in a month 350 million naira in a month so what are they using the money for so they just they just take this money every month and pocket it and say, hey, federal government, come and rescue us. When, when the even if you cannot, you know, if you cannot mobilize new security outfit, you can give money to the to the conventional one, buy vehicles for them, give them uh, gadgets that All they right. can use to do their work. All right, let me come to Mister Akin Bedo. You see, a, a lot of us have several uh, options to talk about to tell the government to really explore especially on paper but since you're a security scholar i'm very sure that you must have more in-depth knowledge than a lot of average nigerians do at this stage having prosecuted the war on banditry terrorism from either clashes over the last six seven almost ten years what really what options really are on the table for the federal government ah the first thing realistic options yeah, the first thing for the federal government to do uh to curtail this problem is to take responsibility by allowing true federalism to operate now through that every state will have its own police now, the difference between the federal police and the state police is this. A state police, an indigent of Ikere Ekiti, will be employed in the police and will remain in the Ikere community. He already knows who and who they interact with. They, they know the criminals, they know the good guys, they know how to go about it. And he will never allow his town to come down. That's one. Th that is one thing the federal government should do. And the second thing this federal government should do is what I observe that is a major issue in this problem is that if you look at the security agencies, they all work, you know, at parallel line. There is no 
synergy. There is no cooperation. Now, the intelligence, you, you know that the DSS, for example, is the intelligent arm of, uh, you know, the, the yes. security system, in yeah. uh, security architecture in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, you discover that they're supposed to be exchanging information on a regular basis, for example, with the police. And the police now take action to arrest. But you, what you discover is that the DSS will want to do their own work separately and arrest, corporate, and prosecute. You understand why the police too, you know, want to do before the nine eleven in US. That's exactly the structure in US too. There was no synergy, but after the nine eleven, they discovered that there is a problem and there is a very good connection now uh, among the security system in in the US. And that's why you see the IG saying this and the DSS will be saying that on the same suspect. Okay, so there, there is no link, and when you don't have such link, such group of people cannot confront criminality and, and get success, you know. And you know, constitutionally, the, the military should defend, uh, you know, the, the, the boundaries, you know, the, the territorial integrity of the country, and also defend internal insurrection, you know. Because uh, we've argued this several times. Some people think it's only external. It's also internal. The, the military also have responsibility within. If there is in- insurrection, they have the constitutional respons- responsibility to, to respond to that also. So in such a situation, there should be a kind of connection where uh, the, the intelligence community within the system, that this, this, this is an architecture that the federal government must design, redesign. And which, what I'm trying to say is that there must be total overhaul okay. of the security institution, irrespective of the problem we have now. There must be a commission to restructure the total, you know, of architecture itself so that we can have uh, a focus. As it is, it is difficult for these security institutions, these security agencies we have to get results. It's very difficult. Alright, uh, thank you very much Mr. Akin. But let's move away from security. We can keep going on and on and on about security, but let's move on to something different. The vaccines have arrived. In case you missed that, the vaccines arrived earlier this week and yesterday the vaccination process commenced a couple of frontline health workers got the vaccines yesterday the president and the vice president and the secretary to the government of the federation that's boss mustafa the three of them are expected to receive their own inoculations their own jabs later today any moment from we will be tracking that and then anytime we would bring that information to you as soon as it's it's happening but let's take a look at this the governor of kogi state says the president can take it the vice president can take it any other person can take it but i am not going to take the covid 19 uh, vaccine how much of an influence with that statement have on the people of Kogi State, especially their reception to this vaccine. You know, the the man has been consistent. He has never believed in this COVID nineteen of eighteen. So he said he will not take the drug that is healthy. He said unhealthy. So I don't see anything wrong in that. Even giving it to the to to, to Nigerians, you can't force anybody to take the the vaccine against his. It's against his right. He has the right to take or to refuse it. You can only persuade 
Now the man said he doesn't believe in COVID-19. Even when they were giving money, the states were giving money, he did not collect the money. He said there was no COVID-19 in his state. And uh, if you look at it, you know, practically, have we witnessed any death, any strange deaths in the, in Kogi state that they now they can now say okay, we must like in Kano say the other time where people started dying and then they say okay, they went there to nothing like that happened in Kogi. But some persons say that uh, there has been a deliberate cover up on the part of government. Why why have not why have we not witnessed deaths? There are, there, are, there is an opposition party in that sense, you know. If something like that is happening, they will they will cry out. So I don't believe those are uh, propaganda. If people have been dying mysteriously, if if Kogi government is covering it, then the opposition party will have been revealing it. Seeing how much of a pandemic the COVID nineteen uh, infection is, or how and how uh, sorry, uh, uh, sorry, I mind you, he said he didn't, he will not prevent anybody from taking yes, it. Yes, he said it would not prevent anybody. But seeing that. Um, Nigeria has had to battle with that pandemic. We had a three, four months lockdown as well. Should the governor of Kogi State, even at the very beginning, have made his thoughts known on the COVID-19 pandemic, especially within his state? Don't you think that he should have allowed things to just follow the normal process of setting up camps, letting people get tested, and so many other things? Do you think he, he should have... Uh, come out to say i don't believe in this i'm not going to take this vaccine as a public uh, individual um there are a lot of perspective to uh, the comment made by the governor of uh, kogi state to me uh i don't want to use uh, the uh, a wrong language uh, what he did what he said does not show leadership at all now covid is a national security issue you know what? Nigeria is a country where the level of uh, diagnosis, the, the level of testing is very, very low compared to other countries where, you know, in a day they tested, they test over 200,000, 300,000. And also they diligently report cases of casualties, you know. But in Nigeria, we don't have we don't even have data for anything you know the data the data system is very poor people are dying on daily basis but it is not being reported now it is not mysterious it's normal dead when people want to die is they will die you know the way people die every day it's not that it's special dead that it has to be announced, you know, okay. br brought to the public. So, people are dying in Kogi of COVID. People are dying in Ekiti. People are dying everywhere. Okay? But the point is that we don't really have data system in Nigeria to report, just like it's done in maybe some Western countries. And, you know, in terms of reporting of this kind of cases, those countries are more honest. Apart from the fact that we don't have the facility they are more honest even if you have the facility that is likely that we will not report you know so in such a situation what data you know was he relying on to have made that statement you know what data did he tell us how many have been tested how many are negative how many are positive he, he didn't give us any data he just made a flat statement and as a leader 
it was wrong for him to have said that he does not believe in it. Even if he, even if he didn't believe in that, he shouldn't have said it. He should have allowed the system to move on because many people are coming into Kogi that are that do, does not live that do not live in Kogi, and people from Kogi also go out. You know, so even if he has insulated Kogi with his magic, which I think he has, he shouldn't have, you know, made that statement. That was not kind of example for leadership. Let, right. let me quickly react to what uh, uh, yes I, I know you would want to react. because kogi i mean the governor gave data on why he did not believe in covid 19. he said they went to conduct because when they wanted to when the federal government wanted to come to so i mean to come to the state for covid 19 test he said you first of all isolate yourself so that you, you don't bring this thing into my to my state and they said no. And he said, okay, how can you just come into my city? I said, you want to be tested. When I did not know whether you are carrying the, vi the virus or not. Mm -hmm. So why did they refuse? Then secondly, he said they personally in their state that they carried out tests and they did not discover any COVID-19. And they went to their uh, NYC camp, they carried out the, the, the test and that nobody was discovered. In fact, the one controversial issue that they said they discovered in Kogi was not in Kogi. He said they should come and let us. And he said people they tested the federal government and their own people in the, in Kogi said that they were together to carry out the test that he mentioned, and that they could not discover any my, anybody. My brother, that is not true. That because is, I listened that, to I listened that, to him on TV. That is not even scientific. What he's saying is even you know mundane. You know, is is it doesn't carry any substance of empirical evidence at all. You know. What is his, what is he saying? That shows he believed COVID was real when he said those people should be isolated. Mm. Why was he saying they should be isolated? Yes, Why? because he doesn't want them to bring any virus. So he said, now, that, let, is let, where, let say, that is exactly where, say, excuse they me. They ought to have where, done that exactly. if, they know, if they know they want to carry out real tests. Yes. Let them to obey yes. their own rules. Okay. Then they will now come in. Now. To do, that so is, after, after the isolation, they will now test them. That is where the point is. Let's assume those people are the ones he believe that could bring it. Is he saying those who could come from the east into Kogi, coming from other aspect, you know, angles? Many people town. come into Kogi State on daily basis, sir. From Lagos, everywhere. So why is he saying that those people? That's not scientific. What, what he's saying is that they may even come with anything to inject people. And people who started transferring that, that strange, uh, but don't you think sir, that this they, is 2021? But don't you think sir. they would come? This is 2021. That, you, you, to you, the states, the federal government, yes. sir. This to is carry out the tests. I don't think that is possible. Barista, barista, this is 2021. We can't be talking of, about a Biku theory now. That some people will come okay. and inject something, okay. you know, that it is possible. No, because let's, even even the no. U.S., let's even let's the United get. States of America, alleged. That China mm -hmm. imported all my, these. My brother, I was, I was in US. I was in US when COVID started. Mm -hmm. I was in US throughout throughout those period you are talking about. I knew exactly what happened in detail. You understand? I had COVID in US. I got treated. Okay, so I understand exactly what I am saying. Donald Trump was very economical with the truth about. It was exactly the same thing. He said it was a hawk, the same language. And look at what is happening in the U.S. 
it killed nearly everybody. What I'm telling you is that because we don't have data, in date in Kogi today, people are dying. But you know, it's normal, it's not mysterious that people will be shaking head before they die. They die normal, just so you won't know. Okay, uh, let's so, open the phone lines. Let's open the phone lines so people can call in. I'm very sure a lot of people might want to talk about this. And we would also like to hear your point of view. Are you going to take the vaccine or not? Or oh, it's 1 1 800 The other line to call is 816 Three two. Hello, good morning. Hello. Hello, good morning. Good morning. This is Tarek Collins from uh, Go ahead, sir. Uh, we think the two are going to be two guests because for the contribution so far. And it has been so educative. Uh, on the issue of uh, COVID-19 saga around the world, the pandemic has actually reached the world, which everybody needs as a result of um, perhaps untimely um, death solution. But um, in the sense of it, I believe that uh, the countries where this pandemic has actually reached so much that uh, there are so many death rates that we can be counting thousands. They should be good examples of taking this uh, uh, the antidote for the COVID-19 that which they are not sending to Africa now. But if they have taken it and they have been tested with it, then we see some of the, you know, a living example to show for ourselves. Because uh, uh, when the package of uh, COVID-19 was being distributed, they did not give it to us clearly. We could not even access it. But when the drug is coming, uh, they, uh, they want to give it to us so that we can all access the drug. Why? It's as if you are in a party right. where they are serving the, the, the meat, the barbecue. You are not giving her the first serving the toothpick. They gave you the toothpick. Thank Tooth you. Let's begin to let other people also have the opportunity to call 0811 the other line to call is 0816-781-4132 will you take the COVID-19 vaccine hello good morning good morning good morning alright Roberto go ahead you know I would like to uh, about the issue of this thing. Uh, look, you, they, uh, our, our leaders, they really cause all this thing. Well, people do not believe so much in them. And that's what they call people think that they are lying. The issue of COVID-19 is supposed to be taken seriously. Because the thing is real, I believe it. But based on the position of our government, the fact that they are done. You know, if you will look at them and you don't look at them, their policy, their anything. So that's why. Thank you so much. All right, thank you very much, Babatope. Quickly, before we, I let you go, gentlemen, there was a report much earlier that the EFCC has advised INEC, that's the Independent National Electoral Commission, not to sell forms to people who have case files with the EFCC. Before we go ahead, let's take this one more call. Hello, good morning. 
Good morning. Good morning. My name is Femi. All right, Femi, well, go ahead. Femi, go ahead. And uh, this is complimentary, sir. Yes. I think uh, if, if this thing has come, they should admit to somebody who has tested and has it. Because when uh, you go to the hospital, when you are sick, anybody who is not sick cannot go to the hospital and take drugs. You know, when it's open, those who are sick, I think they should be, because this is among the to this country now, it can't cover everybody. But I believe these are those who have the tested and uh, have it, so they are applied to them. Definitely. It looks like, uh, aside frontline health workers, um, a portal has been opened for people who are interested to come take the vaccine. And as at um, Tuesday, the Faisal Shribe, that's the executive director of the National Primary Health Care uh, Community Development Agency, Health Agency, said that over 2.3 million persons had already registered. But let's quickly take a look at what the, the report on the EFCC saying that they would not sell forms, that INEC should not sell forms to people who have case files with the EFCC. The EFCC has come out to debunk that. But even if that was true, do you think that would be the right thing to do? No, the, it will be it will be very wrong because uh, there have been uh, there have been uh, decisions that said that INEC cannot disqualify anybody. And I, I read the reports and I read that uh, I know they cannot give directive to INEC. They don't have such power to give directive to INEC not to clear anybody or not to sell form to anybody. Even, even if a state comes out with a white paper that uh, somebody has been indicted, un, until the court pronounces on it that the person is not fit to contest, INEC has no such power. And if such will happen, then they will be reconducting, reconducting, reconducting elections. And that will not be heady for the system. So it's better you allow them to go. If at the end of the day, the allegation is proved to be true, then they declare the next person. So that is neat and better. But, but do you think that people who are convicted of corruption should be permanently barred from public office? I think so. I think so. If it is proven, they should be barred to, to serve as a deterrent to others. On a final note, what do you think, Mr. Akimbelo? Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with the rumor but the rumor is not backed by any law. Yeah. You know, we, we, there is no way such could work, just like uh, the legal mind said. And also, it's not peculiar to us alone. You know, even in, in the United States, Donald Trump came to office with a barrage of cases, you know, and he won the election and the cases stopped. So the cases have started again, you know, after leaving the office. Yeah. So it's understandable. It's part of the human problem we have in our societies, which need to be, you know, cleaned up. Ordinarily, if you have some accusations, you're supposed to st even step out of the contest and allow you know the process to go. But <laughs> the case is not like that. Uh, so I think, uh, and where we have convictions, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, we shouldn't even debate that. Where, where there is conviction by a competent court, such a person should not. There shouldn't be even debate about the person coming around. Most okay. especially because in some countries, I'm sorry, he won't even have the opportunity to contest because if it has to do with money in China, your head is cut off. You know, <laughs> you are gone. So, but <laughs> but because of our system here, so so we shouldn't even you know debate such uh, uh, issue. May God help us. Let, uh, let me let me just add this. Okay. You see, our system is so warped that if you allow that to happen, some state executive just concord stories or your enemies. We just write frivolous petition. At the end of the day, you find out that it is not true. But you must have done injustice to the other man. That's true. So it is better 
to allow that person to contest. So if the allegations are proved, then he will leave the office and then they, they will deal with him in line with the law. And uh, an, an, an additional solution to that is that there could be a pre, pre-election case on it. So eventually, if even if he contests and he wins the election, the case can continue and, you know, the case could remove him. So you know, Sure, that is the that is system. Unless yeah. you are a governor, or a deputy governor or president or deputy where you have uh, immunity yes. during the period of the four years but after that it can continue all yeah. right thank you very much gentlemen i have been speaking with legal practitioner barrister royal mutual and um, a political scientist public commentator and something of the faculty of social and management sciences bamindeli university of education science and technology mr akim Bedo. thank you very much gentlemen for being a part of the conversation this morning Thank, Thank you very much. much. Uh, but, but I'm not a political scientist. Oh. I'm a security scholar. Yeah, security scholar. Yeah. All right. Uh, we would go on a break, a musical break. I'm going to be playing you something from M.I. Abaga and A.Q. It is called The Live Report. Hip-hop song, rap song, talks about COVID-19, talks about the craze to leave Nigeria and search for the golden fleece abroad. And when we come back, I'll be speaking to somebody from the United Kingdom who moved recently to the United Kingdom and find out why is it, why do we have a massive brain drain and then a massive uh, movement of people within the middle class in Nigeria to other parts of the world. The conversation will continue. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 